It is Victory Monday, December 12th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who'd like to extend warm holiday greetings to little Cindy Lou Who's brother, Derek, J.P. I'm lost on that one. Welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Monday. It is December 12th. It is Victory Monday for the Jaguars. We've got a busy two hours ahead, as always, on Monday. It's Pete Prisco, maybe, and Tony Baselli. Definitely. The Jaguars over the Titans, 36-22 in Nashville. First win in the Music City for the Jaguars since 2013. Half of our staff was in high school at the time. We found out today at a meeting. Uh, quarterback play was fantastic yesterday. The Jaguars' defense with takeaways, four of them. The Jaguars cashed in 20 points off four turnovers. We've got Fanatics fan questions more than you can shake a stick at, and we'll go around the National Football League as well. Let's start off today with head coach Doug Peterson after the game yesterday on the bounce back from a rough week prior in Detroit. It means a lot, you know, the, the pride factor um, with everybody. You know, they, again, they, they understood last week was, was an embarrassment, you know, and, and um, you know, we, we don't ever want to coach and play that way. And, uh, you know, uh, victories like this, you know, start in practice. And, and the way they, the players handled themselves this week I thought was um, uh, really, really good. And, and you know, we got to do it again this week. Yeah, better uh, better do it again against the Dallas Cowboys coming up. More from head coach Doug Peterson. He spoke this afternoon. That's available now on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media channels, and we'll hear from the head coach again. Coming up, we'll hear from the quarterback as well. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jags social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Hall of Famer Tony Baselli with us now. And uh, we, we don't have Pete Prisco yet. This will be the greatest segment in the history of the show, Tony. How are you today? I don't hear Tony either. It's, it's, uh, there it is. It's good. It's good to get up to Nashville and get a victory. I know that it's been a while, and uh, that was fun yesterday. And the team, uh, <clears throat> I loved how they responded after uh, a terrible week last week. And and the game did not start great. I mean, Derrick Henry had 94 yards, I think, in the first quarter, and yeah. and uh, thankfully we got some turnovers early because we weren't stopping them. Uh, but that's what you know. Good teams do. They find a way. It doesn't have to go like. You're not going to play in this league where the, everything goes your way. You have to react. You have to respond. And I thought they did an outstanding job yesterday in those areas. And I thought the defense, once the offense gave them the lead, so the defense was opportunistic. They got the turnovers, which was great. And then we did something we haven't been doing much as of late. We played good complimentary football where we took that tur- those turnovers and scored points. And you knew that if you could get a two-possession lead against the Titans, it was going to put them in a really bad spot. Because now they have to be something they don't want to be. And they can't be. They don't have the personnel to do it. They don't have the offensive line to protect. They don't have the receivers to win. They have a really good running back. And they have a tough, hard-nosed defense that if you make it a a grinded-out game, boy, they're tough to beat. But the Jags took advantage of turnovers, scored points, and then once they got the lead, you know, unleash the, the pressure on the quarterback and take advantage of maybe the poorest offensive line in football. 
And they got home what? this time too, right? I mean, we've we talked about that a lot. Oh, yeah, you get in a position to pass rush, and they still hadn't been able to do that. But yesterday they did. They took advantage and finally got home a bunch. So they hit the quarterback nine times, Tony. Yeah, it was outstanding. They, they harassed Tannehill all day long. Uh, and most of the harassing happened in the second half because they had the lead. Yep. Uh, those those two tackles, Jeff talked about it a bunch on the broadcast yesterday. Statistically, they're the two worst pass-blocking tackles in football. Um, and so, hey, if it's in front of you, you have to go take advantage of it. And that's what this team did, and it was outstanding. And um, But, you know, enough of the defense for right now. The highlight of yesterday was Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, He, he, was, as a, good as, he was as good as any quarterback in the NFL this year. He had a career-high passing yardage day yesterday, efficient throughout, three touchdowns through the air, another on the ground. Well, he should have handed the ball off. Doug Peterson confirmed again today, but he made it work with a stiff arm and got into the end zone. And then at the end of the game, after the kneel down, a push of the center, he goes up into the face of the Titans defender and points to the scoreboard and kind of caps off the day for the Jaguars in Nashville. You you think it's one of the best performances in the league this year? Is that what you just said? Well, I don't know if it's the best performance of a quarterback in the league, but it's my point is that's as good as any quarterback's going to play. Got it. In the league, I mean, he's play. He played at a level where you're like, okay, yeah, that's what the top five franchise quarterbacks do. Now the top five do it on a regular basis, which I think Trevor will do. I mean, I said it two or three weeks ago, JP. I thought, you know, at minimum, Trevor is a top half quarterback in the league right now. Um, I would argue over the last couple of weeks, few weeks of the play, his play. I don't know if there's ten quarterbacks you take before Trevor Lawrence right now in this league. Trending the right way, figuring it out, certainly after the London game and over the last uh, five, he's been uh, really good. That one Detroit game that statistically kind of stands in there, but the rest of them, yeah, but over 100. But the Detroit game, Pete, I mean, uh, JP, the Detroit game, it's not on him. He had like seven drops. Uh, that's right. Absolutely. I'm not blaming yeah, I mean, him for can't... that. I'm just telling yeah, you my what point the stats is, I thought yeah. he looked good in Detroit. Yeah. He had no chance. So that was a great thing. Of course, Evan Ingram was his favorite target yesterday. 15 looks, 11 catches, a career-high yardage. And, oh, my gosh, the show's going to go downhill from here because Pete Prisco joins us now. It was the best seven and a half minutes we've had on this show in a long, long time, Pete. JP finally got to talk. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. So this is what I sound like. Yeah, yeah. JP got to talk. His dad's happy. I wasn't on the show. I mean, come on. It's perfect for everybody, right? <laughs> it's a win-win. Well, all right, Pete. Um, we're, we're talking quarterback, obviously. Defense had four takeaways. Complimentary football. They scored 20 points off the four takeaways. Trevor was fantastic. And, uh, hey, that's a big-time win for this team on the road in Nashville. Yeah, and I'm going to give Baselli some credit because he said they would win one of the two, one of the two. And you're almost you almost said two of two. And now I bet you would say two of two, wouldn't you, Tony? Well, they're, the Jaguars are the better team from a talent standpoint. That's clear, especially in the current state that the Titans find themselves in, which is beat to hell. Um, they have all kinds of injuries on both sides of the ball. But outside of Derrick Henry, I don't know if there's too many players on that side of the ball that you take over our guys. I mean, they have, trust me, they have good players like Kevin Byard, really good safety. And, and and some of the David Long, who was hurt, great linebacker. So they have really Sim- good players. Simmons, 
Jeffrey Simmons, you take in Tart, a heartbeat. Tart's right? a pretty good player when he's in playing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But my point is, I think if you looked at overall, well, especially offensively, it's not even close. The Jaguars' offense is way more talented. Starts with the quarterback. The offensive line is better. The receivers are better. Um, yesterday, they had the best tight end on the field. Um, no, you're not going. You're not better than Derrick Henry, but it, you know. And so, yes, Pete, I do expect them to win. I actually, I do. I do expect this. I, I actually expect that come December, I think, the, or January, I think the last game of the season in uh, in TIA Bank Field is going to be for the playoffs. Well, because all that, all Jacksonville has to do is win out and hope that the Titans lose one, and then they beat them, and they're in. Well, if they win out, they would have beat them. Yes. Um, no, but the Titans still would have Titans to lose another one. Lose. Is what I'm saying. Right. They, have to, they have to lose one. That's right. Right, so I, I, Jacksonville I has to be big Charger I, I, fans this week, and then or big Cowboy fans next week, or both. Well, yeah, I think I think it's a hard road for the Titans to go to LA to play that Charger team, who's getting healthier at least on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, they have issues now. The Chargers' problem—they're not going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. They're the worst run defense in the NFL. Um, but besides, you know, but I think that's a tough game for the Titans in their current state. I think Dallas, Dallas is an awful matchup for them, current state. They're better. They'll beat the Texans. I wouldn't be surprised. I think if we go three and one, I think the last game is for all the marbles. That would be an incredible story. It really would be, <laughs> considering yeah, no. considering how many games this team blew. I mean, they should be ahead of them. I mean, think about the games they blew. They blew games they should have like the Texans game, and we can go back and. But but the fact is, is that they're playing meaningful games in December. <laughs> that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think my goal. I said the goal for me for the team back when we kicked this off in August. I said the goal should be two th- twofold. One. Trevor Lawrence cements himself as the franchise quarterback. Check that box. That's done. And two, um, they're playing meaningful games in December. And uh, to me, this is a successful season. I think Doug Peterson's done a great job. Now, they have a lot of issues still on the defense side of the ball, that especially, that need to be addressed. Um, I don't think anyone should take that Tennessee defensive performance and say, "Woo, we got everything fixed. We got it. Figure it out. That's a bad Tennessee defense. I mean, excuse me, bad Tennessee offense. The offensive line is awful. It's it's atrocious, Pete. It is simply I atrocious. I that last week. Remember we were talking about them and I said I had done the workup on them because I, they, they were my spinning tops of the week. They're bad. That's a bad offense. They're little, too. They're inside guys. Little, are little. They're little. They're, and what concerns you is they still had 120 yards rushing with Derrick Henry at halftime. Yeah. That's not good, but I, but I mean you gotta you, look. Did, did somebody in that building? No, must give be him credit to us, by the way. What'd you say? Somebody in that building must be listening to us. Why is that? Did you see what they did? They played Williams on the outside. They put Trayvon Walker with his hand down. I mean, my gosh, they're listening. Well, I, I'll say this, Pete. The thing that it was a great win. It was off. It, it, but this is how the defense has to play. They're not going to be a stout defense. They have to play opportunistic football, take it away, and let the offense go score points, get a lead, and then they can play, you know, you know, single threaded or single focused football with just don't worry about the run and go after the pass game. I mean, if you go look at the first half of that game, 
erase the turnovers, the Jag Jags defense was not stopping. My biggest fear was 14-7 with the Titans driving. And I was like, oh, my. Like, you can't afford Derrick Henry. He had 100 yards or 94 yards at the time into the first quarter. I'm like, if this gets into a game where they stay on – if they stay on um, ahead of schedule, they stay on schedule and can play the way the, the game they the way they want to, we're winning a shootout at the end is where it's at. And uh, But that's where those turnovers – that's why turnovers is the biggest thing in the NFL. You steal possessions. If your offense responds, you you know you get you know a couple of possession lead, and everything changes, and that's what happened. And hats off to the defense. I mean, Shaq Quarterman with a huge hit of Derrick Henry, great play. Winger had head, heads up um, on the miscommunication between Westbrook, uh, Keenay, and uh, and Tannehill. He makes the tackle. Trayvon Walker strip sack. I mean, those three plays in the first half were huge. I mean, just gigantic. Yep. And it, it changed the course of the game. It changed the game where. In where that Titan offense was feeling feeling pretty good about themselves, Derrick Henry was hitting chunk yardage against you, and you get the turnovers, and your offense scores, and all of a sudden you look up and you you are completely dominating the game. You're controlling yeah. it, and you're asking Tennessee to do something they literally can't do. Yeah, the quarterman, the quarterman takeaway, the force fumble there was the one that really turned it because, as you mentioned, Tony, you know they started that drive at their own forty because the Jags had kicked it out of bounds, mm-hmm. and then they get a twenty-one yard run uh, up to the forty-two. Uh, and then up to the 37, excuse me, and then they get a 16-yard, and he's in the clear, and that hit from Quarterman changed the whole thing because the Jaguars go down, they score right before halftime, get the lead for the first time, and then start the second half with the football as well, and then extend it out to two scores and held it for seven minutes. I mean, that that was well, when it, it really it, started. That cha- it changed everything because if, 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 if Quarterman doesn't force the fumble there, and you just take, you know, kind of figure what the natural course of that drive was going to be. You go into halftime 21-13. Yeah. And let's say you do score coming out of half. Because the offense was playing fine. and But it's still only 21-20. It's, you're still down 21-20. And the Titans feel like they could still just keep on running the ball. That's right. And they're feeling good about themselves. You change that. With that big hit. That's why it, we talk it about it all the time. Like somebody bounced. has to make a play. Someone has to do something impactful and give Shaq Quarterman credit. He did that. Isn't it funny how the ball bouncing one way or the other? Because I think, Pop, there's only one way it could have ended up in the hands of Jacksonville, where it went. Yeah. You know, normally that would go out of bounds or down on the line. It went right into his hands and he was in bounds. I mean, that was. It was an incredible turnaround, but uh, I know you guys talked a little bit about the quarterback already, but one thing that I got to laugh about, and Tony, I'm sure you're laughing about it too, is let's go back to a month when people in that town were killing that kid. (laughs) I mean, my God. Remember? Is he a franchise quarterback? Did they draft the right guy? Is this guy going to be the long-term answer? That talk was actually all over that city a month ago, right? A month ago. Yeah. Eight weeks ago, a month ago, five weeks ago. And now look what he's done. He's been outstanding. And again, I said it last week, sustainable success for a franchise comes at the quarterback position. So Jacksonville fans should sit back and say, we have him. That's what they should say. Because from now on, for the next decade, your franchise will be relevant. Okay? You will be relevant. And I'm talking about on the national scene. Trevor Lawrence does that to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Let's come back. We'll hear from that quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, on his day at the office in Nashville yesterday and some of the other pieces on offense with a big day in Nashville. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. We are off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Just show what this team's made of um, and the direction we're headed. I think that's huge. And to have to, to get some momentum back this last stretch, you know, at the end of the season, obviously these games are huge if we want to give ourselves a shot uh, at the postseason. And um, I think this is, you know, you can't win, whatever, five of them until you win one, like I said after, you know, the Ravens game. So same mindset. We still, you know, believe everything's in front of us. Um, this was a great start, great momentum. and But, again, going back to, you know, big win over Baltimore a couple weeks ago, didn't play well last week. So how do we take this this momentum, use it to fuel us, have a great week of practice again? You know, I thought we attacked every day in practice, and the guys were really locked in, and you could tell our preparation was, was really good this week. So we got to do that every week, um, and I think that's where this team's growing, and you see us starting to stack more games like this, and uh, it's just fun to be a part of. That's the quarterback, of course, Trevor Lawrence, after the win yesterday in Nashville. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. And for nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory and go Jags. We're on 1010 XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Frisco and Tony Baselli. After a Jaguars victory in Music City, USA, and that guy, number 16, had a huge hand in it, a career-high yardage. He was efficient all day, making big-time throws down the field. There was one late in the game. I think it was probably already decided by then. It was like a kind of a bootleg right, and then he threw it um, like it was the a, second it was a level. Baby. It was unbelievable. Second, I think it was Marvin Jones made the catch. Unbelievable yeah. throw, kind of back across the grain a little bit, which yeah, you're not really into, but boy, it was right on the money. It summed up the day. Yeah, you know what's one that stood out to me, though? It was it was uh, one, two on the left side. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Tony? It was like... To, a- to Ag- Agnew when he was drifting, he was... No, it was a, maybe it was a crosser to Zay Jones, maybe. Um, it, where he kind of bent in and bent out, but the guy was on him. It was uh, the same throw that Justin Herbert made last night that everybody was raving about when he hit a, Keenan Allen on Agnew. the sideline. It was the double move. It was the double move to Agnew. Is that what it was? But that mm-hmm. that throw was. I mean, you you look at it, and you, I watched the tape today, and I went, watched it again, and I went, my gosh, it's only so many human beings on the planet that can make that throw, and he's one of them. I mean, you know. Herbert made the same throw. He made that throw last night. And I don't know if you watched the game last night, but they were raving about Herbert making that throw. And then I was watching it today again on tape, and I'm watching Trevor made the exact same throw. And it put it right – there's there's no room there, and he put it only where the receiver could catch it, and it was a fantastic throw. So, yeah, there. look, that was a great performance by him. And you could see his confident gr- confidence growing and growing each and every throw he made. He, he just felt and looked comfortable. Having said that, and you'll did you watch the tape, Tony? Yep. Did you think he left some pockets too early? A couple. 
No, but I think sometimes, like, I think there was, his first initial read wasn't there, so he was wanting to kind of try to move the coverage or move and get a better angle. Like one time, on the, uh, a long one, a short throw, but a long run after catch by Ingram, he kind of slid around the tackle who had a slight penetration, not bad. He could have hung in there, to your point, but he kind of slid. And as he slid, he mirrored Ingram and made it an easier throw and catch for Ingram. Like I thought, the, the I touchdown, thought he, he slid outside a little bit on the touchdown huh? throw. He he kind of slid outside the tackle a little bit. That was one of them too. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 actually, but there were a couple other plays I'm, where I think he could have stayed there and made the shot down the field. I'll give you another example, and this is I'm nitpicking because I think he's fantastic. By the way, I, I think he's a, I think he's a star. You said he was. I heard when I came on. You said he's top ten in the league right now. I mean, he might be. I, I said there. Were, I said that you'd be hard to find any more than ten guys you take instead of them. Okay, we asked this question the other a couple weeks ago. Would you rather have him or Tua? I'd rather have, I'd rather have Trevor. Of course you would. You'd rather have Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it's not even close. No, but the the long throw he made into the end zone. Now I don't know. It looked on the tape that Zay Jones could have caught that. You know what well, I'm talking if you, about? If you, if you watch it on the TV copy, and they did a great job of showing it. First of all, that was a hell of a throw. Oh, my gosh. But, okay, and, it was a great uh, throw. It should have been, he, been passing his arm pinned or something? Yes, it should have been passing appearance. The defender was holding his right arm to his body, and he couldn't okay. lift it up. Okay, but uh, and, and it was a great throw, and he should have caught it and everything. But if you watch that play... He has Kirk for what could have been should have been a touchdown on the on the on the over route if you saw it. and he's wide open. I don't know if you saw you noticed that, but that it's just little nitpicky things. That that's the only thing. And I'm because I I, I am in awe of the way he's playing at this point in his year in his career after having played for that idiot last year. So it's you know when so I, Pete, Pete, he is. Listen, I said it when everyone was killing him, and every and like. Like everyone, I'm like he's going to be a franchise quarterback. Like he wasn't playing well, but he's going to be a franchise quarterback. I have no doubt in my mind. The thing that always that continues to impress me more is how he handles like everything around it. Like just listen to his comments. He's so bounced. He's like, "Yeah, it was great, great win." But you know what? We talked about how great the Baltimore win was, and we kind of crapped the bed <laughs> the next week. Like we need to learn. Like. The maturity of this guy, you forget that he's 23 years old, the second year guy. He's like, hey, we got to, like, this is great, but now we got to learn how to prepare and go stack wins on top of each other if we want to do what we want to do, which is go to the postseason. You know, and who I just reminds think there's, me a, of, there's and, a maturity and, and, about it. You know who he reminds me of? The way he handles himself, the way he makes the big play, the way he scares people with his ability to get outside the pocket. And he ain't him yet, but he reminds me of Josh Allen, the way he handles himself. Josh Allen is a pro's pro. He, you know, he's an alpha, and the team responds to him, and he knows how to handle the media, and he's he's great outside of the football. You know, I don't know if you've guys seen many of the videos. The way he handles himself, he calls people out of the crowd and signs yeah. autographs for him, and he just knows how to. Ha- That's who Trevor Lawrence is, and I, I think I saw it. Brent Martineau had Trevor out last week or something, along with Josh Allen for yeah. one of his things. And you could just see him interacting and, and being involved and, and, and basking in it and enjoying being the quarterback in that city. Josh Allen's the same way in Buffalo. He, he enjoys being the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, the, you got to be a special kind of guy because everybody wants the, the marquee New York and, you know, the, the Chicago and L.A. But if you're going to be the quarterback in one of these cities in, in Jacksonville and Buffalo, you have to embrace it. And I think that's what. 
Trevor Lawrence is doing, he's going. That's why he's going to take that team to another level and give it the due that it will eventually deserve to get. Because I, it's never, never. Even when you guys are really, really good, Tony, you never got the due you deserved. But now you have the quarterback in an era with social media and everything else. They're finally going to get it because of him. So, Pete, it's interesting. I was thinking, you know, as you were saying, as you were making your comment, I believe in the next, call it three years, four years, the five best quarterbacks in the NFL will be Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, um, Herbert, the, uh, kid La- Herbert and, uh, and our guy. And uh, I-, I think those will be the best, Trevor Lawrence. Those will be the five best quarterbacks in the NFL I would not in the next three you. years. I would not. Like, I just think that like those. And the funny thing is, Pete, four of those guys play in small markets: Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> you know, the league's like, can we get one in New York or Dallas? I mean, I mean, Dallas has Dak. Dak's a good player. I don't think Dak is in that category, in my opinion. No, but you know, it's funny, Tony. Though, because those quarterbacks are so good, those small market teams are it relevant. It, it doesn't matter, matter. if right. you're good. It, it, it's just like when Russell Wilson was playing in Seattle and they had that great defense. Seattle was a disaster. And then all of a sudden it became a trendy, chic team. If you win, they grab, you know, Buffalo. People laughed at Buffalo for years. And now they're one of the fun teams to watch and, and people pay attention to them. Same with Cincinnati. Jacksonville's coming. That's coming to Jacksonville. And now, now you- Having said that, I'm with Tony. They got to do something with the defense, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> we'll get to that. Well, that, up, it, of course, that, in a few minutes. Pete, that's what, what worries me. But I have no idea what's going to show up on Sunday against Dallas. I have no idea. I am like lost of what to expect based on the heckle and jive of this team. No. Jekyll now, and Hyde, you mean? <laughs> whatever. Yeah. What did I say? Jekyll and Hyde. Same thing. Jekyll, Jekyll and, and Hyde. <laughs> It's been a long day already, Pete. I didn't sleep. Um, <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. That's um, a new one. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, I just made it up. Just go with it. The uh, But, you know, this kind of bipolar sense of which team's going to show up. And my biggest concern, and we'll talk more about the Dallas game coming up, because, what you know, you talk about a huge opportunity. You go win that game. Because, you know, the playoffs are right in front of you. Um, and you – and I think you do control your own destiny because I don't see the Titans going undefeated with their schedule. And if you do, you're going to go to the playoffs. I, but I worry because tell me the good quarterback that we've beaten, like a good drop back quarterback. I mean, Herbert early, but he was hurt. And I look at this Dallas game. I'm like, Oh, Trevor better be really good. Cause I think the only way you beat Dallas with the way our defense has been playing against a team who can run and pass is in a shootout. And that's what it might take on Sunday uh, at the bank. We will get into that a little bit later as well. One final thought on Trevor here, and, and it may not be a massive thing in the grand scope of it, but on the kneel down at the end of the game. Loved it. The center Loved got pushed it. back, and Trevor Lawrence goes right up into his face and gets into his grill and tells him all about it and then points to the scoreboard at the end as the clock's ticking down. I, it may not be huge at the end of the day, but – I think that tells you a lot about what this guy means to this locker room and this organization right there. Well, no, you know what else it does? It's it's exactly what we said last week. We talked about the bully bullying the bully. And you can't, until you bully the bully back, he's going to continue to do it. Well, they bullied the bully. That's what they did. 
And, and he he bullied the bully. I, look, I've always been one of those guys back in the day. I used to point to the scoreboard all the time. Take a peek, dude. You're getting blown out. Shut up. You know, I mean, it was it was a classic. I love that. That to me. That was one of my favorite parts of the entire game, by the way. Of course, I would love that, but I the way he handled it, A, he got in the guy's face, and then he walked away and pointed to the scoreboard. It was vintage. It was great. Fantastic. I, I, don't, I don't care about pointing to the scoreboard. What I loved is their defensive line took a cheap shot on a kneel down. You don't do that. And before the offensive line could even do anything, Trevor's in the dude's face saying, no, that's not what you do here. And I love that. Forget about the point. He he basically said, "No, no, we're not going to take that." And then and then you watch the offensive line rally around him. I loved it. It was beautiful. I don't care about pointing at the scoreboard. I love basically it. saying making the statement, "No, not any longer. It's over." That, and you know, watching that, it really makes me want to see week eighteen be for something. <laughs> Absolutely. How good? Oh boy! You know what? I can't remember the last time this team played on Sunday Night Football. I'll say this, if that's for all the money to go to the playoffs, that might be the game that gets flexed. Because remember, they flex the game. to no. There's no Sunday night game to, at this point. They wait for whatever game has the most meaning for the playoffs. And yeah, but the way, imagine, the way the, division, the other South division is going, it could be Brady playing. It could be, it could, well, yeah. And if it's Brady, Brady's going to get the is going to get the jump, no doubt. But Pete, could you imagine to go to the playoffs? In Jacksonville, Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars—that'd be awesome. It would be. Yeah, just incredible. don't, uh, just don't make a rap video before the game. We're back <laughs> in be, a moment. That'd be a mistake. <laughs> we'll get more on that, maybe in a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's time to deck the halls, Duval. Of course, join us next week as Trevor Lawrence leads the charge against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're gifting the game or treating yourself, we've got tickets to fit every budget. So visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Defensive talk when we return. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. They they showed a video making sure we all got into it and everything. I mean, that's kind of... And we did a good job of coming in trying to trying to write um, our own narrative this season, write our own narrative this game. Um, you know, obviously things have happened in the past, but really we're trying to, like I said, kind of take this game for what it was. And it was kind of a, it really is a must-win game for us here in the division and everything. Uh, happy we came out on top. Foyer Aluakan, Jaguars linebacker in the locker room in Nashville yesterday after a Jaguars victory 36-22 over the Titans. And it's Jaguars happy hour presented by Jet Home Loans, J.P. Shadrick with Hall of Famer Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco. He's in the happy hour Hall of Fame. Peter. What? Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. What was on that video? That's what I'd like to know. Well, you know? so they asked Doug today, and Doug was like, "Hey, anything in a team meeting? We're not saying what's in it." But it, it seemed like it was, you know, rivalry, history. You know what? Some of these players don't understand the Titans Jaguars thing. So I think there was some of that. I I don't know the full detail, but that's my feeling. Just the tea leaves. So I'd love this. I'd love to see that video. What was on it? What do you think was on it, Tony? Ninety nine. I think the history. I think probably not, there was some stuff in '99 on there, and just the the one, how one sided it's been lately. I don't know. Just one of those hype videos, which is fun yeah. to me. Those were always like 
okay, you show up the night before, you get all hyped up. Okay, I'm going to go to bed, take sleep, eat. Like, there was, like, a lot of time between that and kick it off. <laughs> like, okay. yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that thing was a way can, like, long pipe, time ago. Unless, unless you can pipe that in right in front of my face before I'm walking on the field. I'm like, I'm like, I, I love them. They were fun the night before. And I think it's a, what they do more than anything give you a little bit of reminder, like, hey, this is important. Um. But so for some guys, they love video them. of I mean, Josh Evans banging his chest again when you guys came out of the tunnel that one time. <laughs> remember, God rest his soul because he's passed away. But I remember that guy was a live wire, as it turned out. You know, he was uh, obviously amped up a little on something. But wasn't there a Scott Sanderson chop block too on somebody that led to a fight in those series too? I mean, it was always nasty. It was. It was. It was I imagine. You know, Speaking of that series, guess who I saw in the uh, press box, Pete? Blaine, uh, Blaine Bishop and I were yeah. talking. He was a tough, nasty little player, man. <laughs> he was he was such a little guy, but for such a little guy, he was guy. He was physical. He was, he was tough. just coming. He's not big. He's tiny. And but it's, he was, good that they're, it's good that they're re- bringing the history out, though, because, uh, like, you know, those guys don't know. They have no, no idea. idea. No. No idea. No, and I was saying that earlier in the show. I mean, like we found out in a staff meeting in here in our department today that half the staff was, was in like high school or younger when the last time the Jags won in Nashville. Like it's it's that kind of thing. There's a lot of young people that work in this place in this environment that don't understand it as well. So outside of the locker room too. Hey, uh, defense. We just heard from Foyer led the team in tackles again. He now leads the league in total tackles and solo tackles. Um, he's racking them up this year. Of course, he had Devin Lloyd to his side this time. Chad Muma was out with the ankle issue. We saw Shaq Quarterman force a fumble in the game. What did you make of the linebacker play as a whole yesterday? It was okay. It was. I mean, I I don't even think he played as well as his tackle numbers, and he's played better the last couple weeks. I thought that just from watching the tape. That's what I. And Lloyd made a couple plays in the run game, but he's still spinning around in the passing game. I mean, there are times when he comes, takes two steps up, and then starts spinning around and starts running back. I mean, and and then like there'll be a crosser in front of him instead of even though there's nothing coming behind it he doesn't stay with you know he doesn't make the steps to go with the crosser so I think hit most of his troubles are identifying still and and understanding pass coverage uh, I don't think Aluakon was as good as he was with Muma in the lineup uh, that's a given but um, you know and Quarterman made the big play but all in all I thought it wasn't awful but it could be a lot better yeah, I thought it was just okay. I mean, I go back if you look at the first, you look at the first half when it was a, a game kind of going back and forth. Outside of the turnovers, they were getting gashed on the ground. I mean, anytime you give up, and I don't have the exact number, JP, in front of you. I think it was 112, 120, something like that. That uh, <clears throat> that Henry had in the first half. You know, so I mean, there were some issues with run fits or some issues getting off blocks. You know. And Derrick Henry's a great player. Now, in, the, in some of the coverage stuff, Pete, you're exactly right. I still think Devin Lloyd's a little bit lost in coverage. And my guess is that's not something you're going to fix during the season. I think that's going to take an offseason of him getting comfortable. And the good news is he's a good enough athlete. Um, if he puts the time in, he'll figure it out. Um, but I thought Alucon's been great all year. He's been good. Yes. But I, nothing jumped out at me 
off the tape watching him like, oh, man, Alucon was dominant. I mean, he made a couple of nice plays coming off walks. He's just a good, smart football player. He's solid. So even when he doesn't, like, jump out at you, it's like he, it's not like he's going to have a – he doesn't have very many bad plays. Let me put it that way. You know, it's weird is – and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you watch the tape, it looks like Devin Lloyd's playing with two casts on his hands. <laughs> what is he wearing? I don't know. I don't know. No, no. I, I just I try. I and, try to and the way he carries his point. hands, I don't. His hand, I don't know. It's weird. It, it, it just it, it looks weird. And he, he doesn't. And he, I, he, he, I'm not. I'm not going to comment on his hands or not. But I guess my takeaway is he doesn't look very fluid at time, which makes me think he's not very comfortable out there. Correct. That's just again watching from the cheap seats. You know, maybe that's maybe they're telling him to do pirouettes in his dropbacks. No, no, they're um, not. No, they're not. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! I'm joking. Like, but, I'm joking. but to your point, that... Tony, there was a pass to the sideline where normally with his speed he'd be booming to get over there and blast the guy, and it almost didn't look like he was running full speed because he's scared that he's making the a mistake of some sort. You know what I mean? It's just it made the tackle, but it wasn't an explosive tackle, whereas he has that explosive ability. Hey, so you're uh, right. I agree with you. One more on defense here, Trayvon Walker, a little more three-point. Uh, Pete, we talked about that briefly earlier. They're listening. How do you they're look? They're listening. How do you We're, look me and overall? Tony are the coaches of this team. Come on, they're listening. <laughs> I mean, look, he he looks more comfortable when he's got his hand on the ground. He just does. And that and his the the sack came with his hand on the ground. The pressure when he came to the inside and I think Arden Key ended up with a sack came with his hand on the ground. He's better with his hand on the ground. That's what he, he looks much more comfortable with his hand on the ground. I think he had 8 snaps with his hand on the ground. Should he have more? Well, yes, I, I think so. I don't think he's an outside linebacker, in my opinion. I think he's a very good football player. He's disruptive. He's powerful. He's long. He's and he's young. Like he, like his best days are ahead of him. I mean, I thought he played a really good overall game. Now the sack, like okay, it was like the tight end. It was like the worst job from an offensive tackle ever. I mean, the, the protection there is if you go back and look at it, the protection is designed for the tight end to run through the defensive end on his way to the route. It's basically a chip. And so you see him right there. He runs through him. He's releasing him. And then the tackle goes and is supposed to get him. If you watch the tackle, the tackle's not even looking at the defense and too, and too late. It is literally the easiest thing you can do. Look where he's looking. He's looking inside. Yeah. Then he's like, uh-oh. I was like, what are you doing? No wonder. And why is he looking like inside? Because tackle. even the guard doesn't is uncovered, if I'm no, not mistaken, in that defense. Because he doesn't no, know what he's, he's doing. Like, you know, like the protection set up to help you with the defensive end. So guess what? Work your way out there so you're right there when the tight end releases in the before the guy gets going again. So I'm not but I'm not taking anything away from Trayvon because he does a great job at the point of attack, not letting the t- uh, tight end slow him down too much. Really good football, athletic move there. And then you can see him th- th- that he had some bend and he accelerated to make the play. So, But what he needs to become is a dominant pass rusher where he is – he has counter moves. He's working inside. You know, this is a good athletic move again. Like, he has good quicks. Like, he has all the skill sets, but he needs to learn to be a professional pass rusher. He does look not at know the, how to, Look at the explosion when rusher. he comes inside. I mean, that's just – I mean, oh, that's – You can't, that's, you can't, you can't coach teach. that. Yeah, you can't, no, you can't teach that. He has that. that. But, he, but, Pete, what he needs – he needs to learn how to become a professional pass rusher. Like, go watch – 
if you want to understand what I'm talking about, Pete, and you know, but go watch uh, Dewan Smoot rush the passer. He ha- he has hand slaps, one arm, yeah. um, one arm press. You know, he's working back inside. You know, he's constantly moving and doing stuff. Hold on, it, Pete was doing the hand motions like Pete's yeah, doing it. Yeah, like, how, yeah. he knows yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I I know the hand motions. I've watched enough of it, and you see the great <laughs> pass rushers and Tony's right. They all have it. They all have it. And but again. Twitchiness, he's not twitchy as a stand-up outside rusher. But for a down-end player, he's pretty twitchy. You know what I mean, Tony? It's different. It's a different animal when you look at it from that standpoint. Yeah, they're going to play 3-4, which that's what they play. Um, And you drafted him knowing that you were a 3-4 team. So, like, that's why I always love people like, well, maybe we should play a 4-3 when because the Trayvon Walker. Well, wait a second. You drafted him. Number one overall. You knew you were a three four, so okay. But if if you stay in a three four, then you need to play him as a, in my opinion, as a three four defensive end. Put ten pounds on him, like he's fine. Especially the way the game is played today. How many people are really running downhill at you mm. in this league? Mm. Um, and then and then you can kick him out. You can either be a three technique and sub, or you can kick him out the defensive end and sub. Which is what he, which is what he was in the, on those plays. He was a he was a defensive end in, in yeah. a four four man line. Like you, That's what they did. That nobody's it's basically it's what, it's, all the time it's, anyway. It's what Buffalo did. It's what Buffalo did, Pete, with Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith was a three four defensive end. Right. He played inside on first and second down, and then on third down and nickel, he would go to the outside. It was much better for him, JP. I, I, I was. That's encur- if you're a Jacksonville fan, that's encouraging what you saw from him yesterday. Let's come yeah, back. He's a talented dude now. He's talented. He no is about that. indeed talented. Uh, Evan Ingram put some things on display yesterday. We'll hear from him coming up in just a moment. And of course, the second hour coming up in a little bit. We'll get your social media questions to go around the NFL and keep it real like we always do. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. It's big. It's a, it's a rhythm builder. Um, you know, you get that first catch in and or uh, even the first two opportunities, kind of just flushing them, letting them go, um, and um, just having the opportunities keep coming. You just want to capitalize. Um, and once you get that one and then that second one, get into the flow of the game, um, kind of settle in. Um, and then, you know, the defense kept giving us the ball, and so we were able to kind of sustain drives, get some points, and uh, just that just, that just kind of gets um, players in the rhythm and, and offense in the rhythm as well. That's Evan Ingram, Jaguars tied in a career day. Yes, he tied a career high with 11 receptions. It is a career high in receiving yards, and he had two touchdown catches in the game. Evan Ingram on a one-year deal with the Jaguars. I'm making a statement, I would say, yesterday. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Country superstar Kenny Chesney returns to Jacksonville April 14th. Tickets on sale now. Don't miss Kenny Chesney's I Go Back Tour with special guest Kelsey Ballerini at Daly's Place. For tickets and more, visit dailysplace.com today. Uh, quickly, Evan Ingram's day. Um, you know, there's four games left. Um, you know, he's caught some balls this year. Hasn't been in the end zone a lot. What do you make of his season so far? Does yesterday change anything? Well, I, I mean, I think you, you don't want to get rid of him. I, I, ideally, you'd like to keep him because you don't want to make a position of need weaker. 
uh, he look, he's he is what he is. He's a receiver masquerading as a tight end, and he does a good job of it. I I, I think they should do everything they can to try and get him locked up for a couple more years. I, I think he's you can see that the relationship between he and Trevor is growing too. So um, I was impressed. Uh, is he a star tight end? No, but he's a nice guy to have on your roster. I can tell you that. What's what do you, what stops him from being a star tight end? Because he definitely has the the uh, speed, athletic ability, inconsistency. Tony in New York it was yeah. inconsistency, and I think it's been a little inconsistency here. But you're right. I mean, he he can run, he can catch it, it, but he had drops in New York. That was a problem at times. Uh, I think he's getting better. Um, yeah, but you got he He's not a great blocker. He tries, but he's not. He doesn't have the length or the size of a, like a big, like a even like a Kelsey. He's like six four, six five. Yeah, what is Ingram about yeah. six three? Like six, six two? three? Yeah, about six three. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't have the. He doesn't look like a long, big tight end. Yeah, he's you six know, three, in fact, you look at him when it, when the receivers come around him. He's not. He's not that big physical tight end. So that I think, but again, the way the game is played and the way they use him in this offense, I think he's perfect for what they want to do with him. Having said that, they need to get another tight end who can be the dual threat guy who can block and, 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 but the problem is you look around the league, that position isn't very good right now. It really isn't. No, no, but I'll say this. Evan is not afraid to block. No, he's not afraid to block. He's not good. If you go turn on the tape, I don't know if you saw, there's one toss crack or toss play where he took the linebacker and threw him. I mean, it was physical and like it got after him. You know, is he going to be an inline tight end where you're going to run stretch to his side and ask him to? No, no. But, but, but the guys that you're be, supposed to be able to do that with on this team, they're not great at it either. So I, I, I like him. I'm with Pete. You know, I, I would hate to, you know, it depends. I mean, you have salary cap issues. I mean, yeah. all What's the stuff the we talked about last year, last week that no one wants to talk about this week because we won, and I don't want to talk about it. Trust me. You still have a lot of big decisions to make, like on the defensive side of the ball. And you spent a ton of money. I mean, you have $20 million in your defensive tackles. You have, well, you know, well, 20 Yeah, million. I mean, and you got you corner money. You have $28 million in, in your corners. Just two corners, not all of them. Just two of them. Well, one of them can. Uh, one of them can. One of them can go. You know. You know. One of them's going. Shaq Griffin's. So I get going. that, but my my point is, you have got like. It's. I'm with you. Like you don't want to like. Don't create another position in need. Um. Because if you let him go, I, I mean, I guess the question and it'll be interesting. It will. We'll get more insight in the off season. You know how much does Doug in the offensive staff think it would be a fall off from Evan Ingram to Dan Arnold. You know, Dan Arnold is a athletic guy, tight end, obviously not as good as Evan because Evan's won the job. Um, but maybe if they felt like there's not that big of a drop off, they could go Dan Arnold. I don't know, but I'm with you, Pete. I try to bring him back because I think you have enough other needs that you have to address now. All right. Uh, plenty of, show ahead one hour down one hour to go we'll get to your social media questions coming up plenty more ahead with tony baselli and pete Prisco. i'm jp shadrick and this is jaguars happy hour presented by jet home loans on the jaguars digital network i i really don't um i but yet i do want to show the team 
kind of where we are and, and what's in front of us and kind of what's at stake. I think it's, it's my job to kind of keep those goals in front of us. But, you know, I want us to focus on this week. I want us to get better this week. I mean, this is a, um, you know, this is a great football team. It's a good football team. Again, a well-coached football team that's, uh, you know, playing playing really well in that division and, and obviously playing playing well in the NFC. So, um, our work will be cut out for us in practice this week, so I don't want to. I don't want to move too far. You know, too far forward. That's head coach Doug Peterson today. The full conversation, full press conference, rather available on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media. Welcome back. It's hour two of Jaguars Happy Hour on Victory Monday after a Jaguars win in Nashville over the Tennessee Titans. JP Shadrick with you. The Jaguars win it. 36-22, they improved to 5-8 and eight on the season. The Jaguars trailed 7-0 and 14-7 early in the game, but they chipped away and they took the lead just before halftime for the first time and never looked back. The Jaguars scored 20 points off four takeaways. The defense had four sacks, nine quarterback hits, and eight passes defensed in the game. Three fumbles and one interception for the four takeaways. Derrick Henry got his early, but the Titans were forced to go away from the run in the second half. That's how the game went. First three possessions of the second half for Tennessee, seven total plays, two three-and-outs and a fumble. And Trevor Lawrence had a career-high 368 yards on 30 of 48 passing, three touchdown passes, and one rushing score that they admitted uh, should have been a handoff instead. It wasn't even designed to be a quarterback run. Evan Ingram had a career-best 11 catches, 162 yards on 15 targets, two touchdowns, and the Jags are now two games back at Tennessee with four to play, including a head-to-head matchup in the final week of the season in Jacksonville. That's what the head coach there was referring to. Yes, they'll present what needs to be done, but this is a really good Dallas team, of course, coming in here next week. Tony Vaselli, Pete Prisco with us each and every Monday. I think that about sums it up. Pretty happy day around the building today, guys. Well, I mean, it, it, look, they should be. They should be thrilled. You, you win at the place you haven't won since 2013. I mean, that's incredible. Um, I didn't I, look. I told. I thought that the Titans were a bad offensive line. They are, but I didn't know. And, and I know they're really banged up on defense. But I also didn't think that Jacksonville would be able to throw it around the way they did. That that was. They did pretty much what they wanted to do: throwing the football. The run game still wasn't very good, Tony. That's a little bit of a concern. Doesn't concern me if Trevor's dealing it like he was on Saturday. Well, but still, at some point you got to run late <laughs> the game, though. Yeah, no, it was. Uh... Travis doesn't look the same to me since the injury. No, I agree. He doesn't have the same. Like, I thought he... Well, I thought he could get backside a couple times. I think he also is thinking about the fumble issues because, like, anytime he gets near contact, he really gets like two hands, which I get. I appreciate. Um, and boy, he still takes some of the biggest hits. Yeah, I mean, he just gets smoked at times. So, um, yeah, the offensive line can do a better job. That's a good defensive front for the uh, Titans. They have a good defensive line. They're active. Jeffrey Simmons is a really good player. Sheriff had his hands full with him. So, but you know what? Some days you got to throw it to win, and that's what they did. By the way. What about Shatley outplaying Sheriff this in, in the last, particularly the last month of the season? Is that your opinion? That's or, watch, or, when or, I watch it. I think he's outplayed him. And let me, I'll just go for yeah. example. I'll go look and see if I know you hate their grades, but let's yeah, see what I was they have. Say this. Let me tell you, this should be proof. 
Yeah, I'd like to know what the PFS says. I'll be honest. I mean, Pete, when I watch the game, I don't sit there like grading individual no, guys. but but you could but but Scherfer has problems at, at certain times in the last couple of weeks. I'll you say might, this: it's not a remarkable difference between Sheriff and Chatley. Most correct. Of the time. So why are you giving me crap about it? <laughs> no, no, I'm not giving you crap. I'm asking what you're basing on. I would still think I think I would bet that Sheriff has graded out a little bit higher than Chatley. But, but not for your buck, there ain't that much difference. That's what I just said. So tell, tell me what the grades say. Okay, I'll tell you. Hold on. Seasonal grades. You ready? Yeah. Uh, Sheriff is at fixed 56.7 on their grading scale. He's a 50, 59th best guard in the NFL right now. That isn't good. Shatley Thanks, is 61.7. He's the 42nd best guard in the NFL right now. So, so PFF has him playing better than Shatley. I mean, yes. Sheriff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but, but that, that's not and? concerning at all to you, JP. I mean, you pay that guy a boatload of money, and you got a guy who's not even supposed to be starting out playing him. All right. What are you going to do about? Well, it? yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll ask you another one to look up, Pete. I bet you can't. I bet you uh, Jawan Taylor's uh, graded higher than Cam Robinson. Uh, no, it's close though. They're really close. 67 is 60. Okay. Cam's higher. Yeah. Just a little bit. How about yesterday? Pass protection, one quarterback hit on Trevor and no sacks in the game. All the times he threw it around. They did a good job. job. Who, Who do you think is the highest rated offensive player by their standards? Right, either uh, – well, I mean, lately it's got to be Trevor, but uh, – It's Trevor. Kirk. It's Trevor. He's the highest-rated offensive player. Kirk is second. Yeah. And who's the highest-rated defensive player? Boy, I would say Lucon. Yeah. No, Campbell is. He had three passes defensed yesterday, by the way. You know who else has he a really that- good grade? Wingard. Yeah, well, Wingard, I, I mean, Wingard is like everyone – they, people in this city either love him or hate him. Um, I love him. I love his attitude. He's crazy. He, he's, he's better now than player. he's been, though. He, he come on. He's been better. He's better now than he's been over I, the course I, of his career. He, like, when they said that Cisco's out, Winger's playing. I'm like, okay, who cares? Winger's good. Okay, but what do you do when Cisco when Cisco comes sure back? Uh, when's he coming back? I don't know. He has a shoulder. Yeah, but know. when he does come back, what 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 do you do? No, I think you go back to Cisco. So Winger doesn't play anymore. No, Winger's in the same role. I mean, I think that. I also think they. I wouldn't be surprised, Pete, if they go to some three safety look. because I think they have some confidence that Rayshon can play the nickel at times. Right. I mean, I look. It, it, he's played better than I thought he would play. I give him a lot of credit. By the way, the second highest rated defensive player is Josh Allen, which is surprising to me. Well, this – and I, I love Josh Allen. Love him. But this is the problem with PFF. I'll say this. If you were to – I'm going to stay away from Josh Allen, and I'll just speak about the offensive line. If you were to ask me, I would I would say that Juwan Taylor is, would be the guy who has, has played the best and the most consistent on the offensive line. I would agree with Jaguar. you. And the fact that they have him ranked as – you know, below Cam, I don't think that's accurate. That's my opinion. 
So um, if you if you rank the offensive line, you'd have Taylor one, Robinson two. I would I would have I would have I would have uh, Juwan Taylor one, and then I'd probably put Robinson Sheriff and Chatley all there together mixed in the mixing and then bowl. Fortner and, and then, then Fortner and, last and then Fortner yeah. Who, by the way, yeah, is going asking, to be a good player and is getting better. He just still doesn't. Yeah, he still doesn't hold his blocks. Nah, he's getting better. He's getting better. Now, if you ask me, who has the most upside and who has the most talent, who has the highest ceiling on the offensive line? It's Cam Robinson by far. Yeah, but when does That's when my, did he get? To, I mean, he played well. I thought he played well yesterday. Um. Yes. There's a couple. He just gets his feet messed up sometimes. But yes. I actually think I think it's between the ears for Cam Robinson more than anything else, and not that he's like like him just like deciding I'm going to dominate every play and not taking moments off, and not that he and I don't want when I say that doesn't mean he's like loafing, but like to be a great player and a consistent player, you have to have this mechanism mentally that you are always on like every play is the most important play of the game well, and i don't thing, know if, I, I don't know if he knows how to do that yet because i see the paper rattling in jp's no, no, hands i just have i have a, a thought about this right you okay. mentioned highest ceiling well at some point you got to reach the ceiling right i mean if if you're going to be right. a great I mean, guy, the ceiling he's been chasing guys, the ceiling for a while right. now some guys never reach the ceiling yeah I'll tell you, Fortner has a high ceiling. Like this time next year, we'll be talking differently about him as a player, I think, than what we're talking about him right now. I hope so. I, be, I think he's going to get stronger. It'll be and interesting more to see what they do in the offseason. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the offseason. And I don't want to talk about offseason because the playoffs are real. We have a 14% <laughs> chance of making yeah, them. That's right, Tony. No <laughs> draft talk, that. Pete. I love hearing no that come out of talk. his mouth. I love well, you, Pete, you you said there was no chance last week they were making playoffs. The playoffs. I said, I said there was a chance. More important was beating the Titans, which they did. Officially, according to ESPN, there's a 14 percent chance of them making the playoffs. You go beat Dallas, and Tennessee loses to um, the, the Chargers. Chargers. I bet you it's better than 50 percent chance you can make the playoffs. Mm. And then what is it? Then it's the Jets and the Texans and then the Titans, right? Yep, that's right. Those are winnable. That's right. That's right. Well, well, here's the thing. When this team's playing well, Pete, they can beat anybody. Well, they've already they've blown out the Chargers. They've shown that. I mean, if, they're the, is, if they it, win it, the division, the they'd be, they would be the four seed and play the five team, which would could be who? Would be who? Miami? Cincinnati, or, um, or it could be Cincinnati. Yeah, it could be Cincinnati or Baltimore again. See, Imagine we played Baltimore again. Oh, host yeah. Baltimore beat them again. Beat them again <laughs> twice in one year. That's right. Yeah, you would. You, you would rather play. I'll tell you what, though. You'd. I say you'd rather play Baltimore than Cincinnati. But after watching Cincinnati's offensive line yesterday, my God. I By the way, one quick with, thing. I, JP, I want. No, I want nothing to do with Joe Burrow in the playoffs. Pete. No. Nope. One quick thing, JP. Yes. For the for the Cowboys game, Terrence Steele, the right tackle. ACL, MCL, out. out for the year. Wow. But they think they might get um, Tyron Smith back. Yeah. 
But we'll see, you know, and he hasn't played in a long time. He hasn't played a lot of football either in the last couple of years. But that's a hit for them because Steele's a pretty good, pretty good right tackle. We'll come back in a moment. We're going to keep it real. We haven't gone there yet. Uh, we're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Star Credit Union. Do good, bank better. It's hour two of Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. I think pressure on the quarterback. You know, you put pressure on a quarterback, and you know, balls balls tend to to, to either you know miss the targets a little bit, and, and so I think the pressure, and then the guys were in the right spots and uh, made some made some really critical or, or key, I should say, takeaways in this football game. Um, but hats off to the defense. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a rough start, you know, with them running the football, which we knew coming in that that's what they do and they do it well. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of settled into the football game and handled, you know, handled our business uh, much better. As Doug Peterson, of course, after the game and welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Frisco and Tony Buscelli the day after a Jaguars win in Nashville. And we haven't said that since 2013. It's been a long time. Jaguars get it done in a big way. 36-22 rallied. In fact, the last three wins for the Jaguars, they've had to rally from early deficits to do it. And they did it this week with takeaways. So now it's time for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. And this has to do with the defense. First off, what changed for the defense and... Is that type of performance sustainable down the stretch run of four games to play? Um, what cha- what changed is they got turnovers. And they played against an awful offensive line. And they forced the, the team they were playing to do something they didn't want to do. A lot of times the, the game comes down to who can, who can force the other team into the uncomfortable situation. Like you, If you can force a team to play a, a game the way they – aren't designed to do it, then you're going to win more times than not. And that's what, that's what they did. And it was a big part was the turnovers. Doug said it. They started off slow and stopping the run. That looked like for a while that it was going to go the wrong way as far as defensively where the Titans were going to be able to control the clock and do what they wanted to with Derrick Henry. But the turnovers and the offense playing the way they did got in the lead. And then they were able just to let loose on a terrible offensive line and a terrible passing attack, and when they knew they had to pass, it was it set up perfectly for the defense. Yeah, there's no weapons outside on that team at all. I mean, that, that's a bad offense, and if Re- Henry's not running, they're, they have big problems. And Yeah, I, I don't think you need to get too excited about what the defense did on, on Sunday because it's not like every week you're going to count on getting those turnovers and those fumbles, but they got to be better still. I mean, there's still some – the defense – I will say this, Tony, I thought the two defensive tackles played better. Uh, I thought they were better this time around than than they had been in the last three weeks. I think. Yeah, well, they were physically. I mean, they were physically dominated those two guys. Now, Pete, you said it all week, and you were right. Those are that's a small offensive line, especially on the interior. I mean, Brewer, the left guard, is like six one two seventy three. It's and crazy. He could not hold. He could not hold up against Roy Robinson Harris. He just couldn't. And the center's not a big guy, and the right guard's you're not not a big, powerful guy either. I mean, they're just, they're just not a big line. And the, what do they have? A rookie right tackle and and a left tackle who's a backup. It, it's a, they're going to have problems the rest of the way because of that offensive line. I mean, it's a bad group. 
They can't That's block. why I'm almost considering locking the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my God. Really? That's keeping it real, all right. <laughs> oh, wow. We buried what's, the lead. What's I giving did. you apprehension? What do you? Why are you being appreh- apprehensive? What's the problem? Uh, it's too early because it's the. No, you got the, it late. It's four weeks to go. It's the, you, you it's the Jekyll and the final Hyde week. of this team. What? Like, it's the Jekyll and Hyde mentality of this team, and I worry about the Dallas game in a big way. In I think it's a tough matchup. I, it's a tough matchup for the Jags as the Cowboys can score points in offense. They can run the ball. They can throw. With you know, he's you know what he's thrown eight interceptions in the last six games. They lost their starting right tackle, but they got a good offensive line. You know that Tony? He's thrown eight interceptions in the last in the last six games. Well, good if you can get those, that changes it. I'm just uh, Pete. I don't know how the Titans win another game outside of Houston with that offense. Yeah, I mean they play Dallas too. I mean that's another tough game. And the Chargers. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the Chargers, you know what? Houston though, played much better. Houston almost beat the should have beat the Cowboys on Sunday. Yes. Here's the thing with the Chargers. The Chargers, at some point, it could be this week or next week, they're going to lose a game and get themselves out of the playoffs because that's what the Chargers do. And right after the big, everyone saying how great they were last night and blah blah blah. Let me tell you what the Chargers do. They're MO. They're going to lose. And which is going so, to tick me off because I don't. Henry I don't runs for Henry runs for two twenty. Oh, he'll run for three hundred yards against that defense. But how with that offensive line? How can he run for that many yards? That's what I want to figure out. Because they do a good job schematically, and he's so big. If you don't square him up, it's over. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, and they're bad against the run. No matter who they sign or who they draft or who they add to that roster, they stink against the run. Yeah, they're not going to get to run, but but but, but guarantee said, it. Do it. Do it. No, because here's the thing. I think if we go to, if we go two and one in the next three games, so if we win two of the Dallas Jets and Texans game, two of those, I am ninety eight point seven percent sure that that last game is going to be for the playoffs. That's specific. That's a specific percentage. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's the game you got to worry about. I don't think that's the one. I think you they win that game too because they're they're better than them, the way they're constructed right now. The game you get, the games you got to worry about are the next couple, and you can talk all you want. They haven't had success against the Texans either, by the way. No, let's not, let's not talk about that right now. It's down no. the road. <laughs> not even road. not even this year, by the way. No, no. I mean, so you know the Texans have, the Texans have one win. Against us. I'm aware. Yeah, thanks. They should have won. They should have won on Sunday, though. They should have won on Sunday. They should have. I mean, they had the ball. Think about this. They had an interception. They had first and goal, and ended up getting nothing. Zero. Nothing. Twenty-three twenty, and they go down the field and win the game. Got nothing. Unbelievable. All right, that was Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. One other thought here, too. I remember the opening kickoff of the second half was returned for a touchdown by Jamal Agnew, but it was nullified by bogus, a holding penalty. Bogus holding penalty. I thought but, that was bogus. But think about this. It worked out more in the Jaguars' favor, I think, because they got the ball and then drove seven minutes plus and got the touchdown to go up two scores and killed half the third quarter in the process. I mean, they would have loved to have the kickoff return. I'm sure Jamal would, yes. 
But uh, in terms of time off the clock, Pete, what do you think? Yeah, you you want the kickoff return. <laughs> yeah, okay, kickoff returns are demoralizing to teams. They really are. And once they're called back, that changes it a little bit. But no, I, look, that's a nice drive and all, and you did use clock, but you'd rather have that kickoff return. Yeah, get the bird in the hand, right? I like that. Uh, all right, so let's come back in a moment. We've got social media questions. You thought it was bogus, by the hey, way, time. Tony, that holding? Yeah, I did. Pete, what do you think? Eh, line. It's borderline. It's a holding in the book, unfortunately. Uh, we're back in a moment. Social media questions. Plenty more ahead. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. He, he's been able to handle everything, and now he's battling you know, the injury this week um, and to put the team sort of on his back like he did again today uh, just shows the type of player and person that he is and, and how tough he is. Um, he's the right leader you know, for us, and um, you know, we're excited to have him as our quarterback, and, and um, he, can only get, he can only get better, you know, and, and that's the, um, I think that's the one thing that you know, I'm most encouraged about is just, just how much more we can, we can pour into him and, and uh, uh, you know, as he leads this team. That's the head coach, of course, Doug Peterson, after the game in Nashville yesterday, talking about Trevor Lawrence and his career-high passing yardage performance and leadership ability of this team. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars win in Nashville, 36-22 over the Titans. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, and Tony Baselli. Hey, Hello, before Pete. we get before we get to questions, don't we have? Don't me and Tony have to do something here and wish you a happy birthday? Oh, yes! Happy birthday, JP! <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. You didn't have I to mean, do anything, I mean, but you, thank you. Happy 60th. We're happy you're still with us. I mean, this is I great for us. so great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you, you're, almost on, you're almost on Medicare, aren't you? I'm getting close. Uh, we're, we're, as long as I keep getting close, that's fine. Uh, just keep having them, right, Pete? You would know. Yeah, well, you know, the, the bottom line is if you're getting close, then Baselli's getting close, and I'm already there. <laughs> okay, I mean, let, let's be real. We're all old farts. <laughs> That's the bottom line. But I'm not as much of one J- as you two. JP, so Pete, what, Pete, what are you, 62? Yeah. I'm 50. How old are you, JP? I'm 41 today. Years. 41. God, you're young. You really yes. are young. You God, say I remember that when I was Say that louder for the people in the back. Yeah. I mean, my God. Well, JP, what are you going to do for 40. your birthday? Going to do anything special? I'm going to do 30 more minutes of this show. Um, okay, that's special. I don't but know what if else? that qualifies, but you know that's just what we call Monday. Not, not, not a nice dinner or somewhere to. I, you know, I don't really have any plans right now. Why are you going to come up and do something, Pete? What do you got? Uh, no. But if I did, I'd we'll go have a drink. Uh, no. <laughs> we'll go have a drink or ten. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> next time, I'll, I'll hold that. I'll hold you to that next time. How about that? Yeah, okay. it's uh, it's a day. It's another day. So, well, Jaguar football number one. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate. Yeah, it. happy birthday, JP. Tony, thank you. Pete, thank you. I'm All right, not, I'm not going to get you anything, but happy birthday. I'll get when my Monda- Robert Mondavi wine comes. I'll get you a bottle for for your birthday and for Christmas. <laughs> Boy, I'll be stocked up from you two. Uh, it's time now for the Fanatics fan questions, and Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com. Shop today and rep your Jags gear on game day and every day. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. 
We put out the cat signal on Twitter. Here's the best that we've come up with today. Number one, at Zach Bierman, what is the likelihood that Ingram is extended? How much of a priority should be given to retaining him? Um, I, I think mean, a lot of that is dependent on, I mean, the money. yes, I think he is a priority. What's we it cost? about this a little bit earlier. What's it cost? I think it costs you 11 a year over three years. Do they have that? 11 million a year? He's making 10 this year or eight. One yeah. of the two. Well, Tyler Conklin, who signed a three-year deal with um, with the Jets, three years, 20 million. Well, he's, what is he making this year, eight or 10? I'll tell you right now. But you're right. But if you're going to give him a couple nine. extra years, you can't give him 30 million. He's, he's making nine. Okay. So make it okay. He's making nine. So make it three years, twenty-four with twenty-five, twenty-seven with like half of it guaranteed. Yeah, that's that's good. That's what I I would do, and I would keep them. I would try and keep them because again, you look around the league, there aren't a lot of them. But I will. There are a lot well, of them in this draft, though. And some. Well, but here's the other thing. Tell me. Tell. I mean, you, before you do anything, you got to figure out the, your salary cap. You have some. I mean, as you sit today, you have salary cap issues going into next year. That will change because you're going to get rid of some high-paid guys that you signed very recently. With that said, you got to sit, what are you going to do at right tackle? You let Juwan Taylor walk. You draft a walker little second round. Two years ago, you don't draft a guy in the second round that you plan on starting. So I think you probably have to pencil him in as your starters, my guess. Or are you going to pay Juwan Taylor, and can you pay three guys – because my guess is, Juwan Taylor, this is a wild guess, will get north of $14 million on the open market. Don't you think, you got, Pete? Yeah, you got some big decisions. I mean, I'm just looking at uh, at some of those cap hits. For you know, they, There's some big big guys money-wise in terms of – I mean, Shaq Griffin's got – I mean, he's gone. He's, he's got gone. a $17 million cap hit. I think they're, yeah, I think gone. they'll be done with him. What, what do you do? What do you do with uh, Roy Roberts and Harris with ten million dollar cap hit? I mean, that's these are the decisions you got to make, Pete, because you have no yeah. depth at that position. It's not like you have a bunch of big guys sitting there waiting to take a spot. The weird thing is they're in cap hell, and it's not like you can just lop cut a bunch of these guys. You know what I mean? Like you can't cut Kirk, you can't cut. Sheriff, you, you could cut Rayshon Jenkins, but do you want to? I think he's one of your better defensive players. Could they start rolling money back to future years? I don't think they've done any of that kind of thing in theory, right? Yeah, in theory, but I mean, I mean, you have big decisions. Like Pete's mentioned a couple of them. What are you going to do with your right tackle? He's played well this year. He has played well. What are you I mean, you could put money into that into that you could put more i mean you'd have to get rid of some guys but if you want to keep the line together you could do that so pete you're going to spend 18 on your le- how much is how much is sheriff and uh cam okay, here's next year? here's what uh here's what sheriff's cap figure next year is 20 and cams is 22 so you're gonna have 22 and tw- okay it's 42 and how much are you, you're gonna put another 15 to 16 and well, don't the Eagles have a bunch of money? As somebody pointed out to me, they have a bunch of money in cap 
in the offensive line. Where? Lane Johnson, Lane Johnson, Malata, and Kelsey. Kelsey. Uh, they, I don't think Malata is a big number. Go look at Malata's number. He's not a big number. Yes, he is. I don't think he. I don't think so, Pete. He just got a new deal. He's got a. I think he's got a big cap number. But anyways, but, you. I mean, if you want to do it, you could do it. And but think about the performance they're getting out of those guys too in Philadelphia. By the way, yeah, I, I was going to say, hey, uh, Pete. Not the yeah, I, I agree with you. That, no, I'm not saying they're the same. Don't get me wrong. Lane, okay, John, Lane Johnson's cap think, number is 24. Kelsey's yeah, okay, is 21. Not, and my lot is, yeah. is 26 in 2023. Oh. <laughs> I guess you can't pay three guys on the other line. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> wow. Well, to that point, if you're going to do it, Pete, you do it now because you have the quarterback under a rookie contract. But here's the other thing you got to worry about with him. Is this his contract year, and this is what you're going to get in the contract year, and then you're going to go back to being the guy who doesn't give you that in the next well, year. And here's the other thing, Pete. Let's say you have to give a big number that you want. I mean, you're talking about the best offensive line football. They're 12-1. and one. You have all-pro right tackle. You have all-pro center. And you have a young, up-and-coming left tackle. The, the right guard, uh, by the way, makes $7 million. <laughs> wow. About that, that's incredible. But you know, my point is, they're getting return on those dollars. I mean, they have the best. They have the best right tackle in football, and in my opinion, the best center in football, and probably have the best offense in football right now. Right, and so my point is, you got to pick and choose where you're going to pay. And remember, they also have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. They have their number one receiver is on a rookie deal, so they've hit on some young players too. Well, no, AJ Brown's not on a on a AJ Brown's on a. No, I know. But you're talking Devontae about the, Smith. you're talking about. Yeah, but AJ Brown's the number one receiver. Mm, I don't think yes, so. I think yes, Smith he is. is. Yes, he is. And he, you okay. know what his cap his cap figure next year is is uh, like eight million. So, I mean, they have they have enormous cap figures. I mean, you look at it. Lane Johnson's $24 million. I got these wrong, by the way. That's the dead money. They got $11 million in cap number. So they got a lot of, in, in Kelsey. It's not 20 That's just the dead money. Good so way. if you structure okay, a contract so, the right way, yes, you can do what, it. What, like, if you want to keep, Milata's you can number. give him a lot of deal to, to um, Jawan Taylor. What you can give him what that is, deal. What's his deal? It's uh, four years, 64 yeah. My think, question is this, though, Pete, Pete. Are you would, getting the return if you have three high-paid uh, high offensive linemen? Let me ask you this way. Are any of them going to the Pro Bowl? Are any of them all pro? No. In, in Jacksonville, no. How many of them are all pro in Philly? Uh, Kelsey and maybe Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson for sure. Yeah, and Kelsey. Who's probably. playing? Who's playing better right tackle than Lane Johnson in the league right now? Yeah, he's play, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong; he's a really good player. No, but, so I'm saying I'm just, I, I wasn't being critical. I'm saying who's playing better at right tackle? I can't yeah. think of anyone. It's my point. But, but okay, so if you could get <clears throat> that kind of production out of your group, you would pay it all day long. And they are. Uh, let's move along. Next question. Social media. That was quite a uh, discussion there. At Nick Popejoy, happy Victory Monday. What was the best throw from T-Law? That would be Trevor Lawrence. 
I think the one to the I like that one the best. He threw a rifle shot to to Agnew. That was unbelievable. I could pick about ten of them. Let's not start calling him T Law either. Well, you don't like it, that? Why not? No, I don't like when they it's do that. Trevor Lawrence, T Boss, and P Pry. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> Is that what they call you, Pete? Oh. I didn't know that. No, but you know what I mean? What do we do? We do that to everybody now. <laughs> Pete, what's up, It's almost as bad as using your using initials as your first name. Let's go Pete. Pete. Yeah, well, I mean, or I could just use my initials and call me P.S. like JP does. <laughs> My goodness. What um, is your first name anyway, JP? Oh, we so, went through this before. I, I John. It was, it was John or something. It was, wasn't no, it? it's not John. It's no. like, it's something weird. It is weird. It's a <laughs> weird name. It's not weird. What are you talking about? It's weird. Jared Jermaine. is not weird. Oh, yeah, Jared. Jared that's Thank Jared. you. Jared. You don't use your first Jared. name either, Tony. Yeah, that's Jared right. Jared right? Listen, Don Anthony. Bosco. Yeah, you don't use your first name either. Donnie. <laughs> when I was born, they called me Tony. And I don't remember. I didn't know my first name was Don until the first gra- day of first grade when they were doing roll call. And they go, Don Baselli. And I looked around. I'm like, who's that? So I'm doing a show with Jared and Donnie. <laughs> That'll bring right, him in. Peter. Yeah, Peter. <laughs> Easy. Uh, next question. Well, we're on a roll tonight. Uh, this is from at Will P eight eight eight. Tony, people are now saying your locks are back in business. You ready to lock in the playoffs oh, now? Oh, please! No, I'm please. close. I'm close. Just not. No, close. either are you aren't. What are you waiting for? You are. I mean, you're uh, in or you're out. There's no middle ground. Right. Here. You can't wait to after the Cowboys game. This is my concern. I'm a. I actually think they're going to the playoffs. My concern is if I lock it, I'm going to put bad juju on it and mess it up. So I'm not locking it. Well, your lock I mean, got him a win that, in Tennessee. So yeah, you, yeah, you locked the Titans, so they won yeah. that game. You got a lot. You get lock it. You're the you, you you've flipped it now. You're not the you're not the bad juju. You're the guy that they're following your lead. You so go ahead, curse. do it. You do broke it. the curse already. Do it. <laughs> Let's wait a little. We have we have uh, 19 minutes left. Keep going. Oh, the, oh, oh what's going to change way, between now it. and they the top of the hour? Darius Williams outside the corner. They put Trayvon Walker with his hand down, and now they rallied around your lock. And if you lock the playoffs, it's going to happen. <laughs> that might have been the video they showed in the team meeting. Was Tony locking the win the other week? Or could us be, ripping, or us ripping players that are too young to be ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, <laughs> next question on social media today at special user Nam three Tony. When is the Baselli Burger coming back, and why did it even go away? That's a little off topic. Yeah, um, you don't have to ask the company that made it. I have no idea. <laughs> I agree; it should never have left. It was a world class burger. Record sales. I'm shocked that it's not still here. I, I can honestly tell you, I don't remember even where that was. <laughs> It was McDonald's. I don't remember that one. You don't in remember 96. That. You didn't have one, Pete? 
Uh, no, if, if his name was associated with it, I damn well sure didn't. Because <laughs> knowing him, he was getting a little of the proceeds. <laughs> Whoa, hey, hey. <laughs> there, buddy. What did the Baselli burger have on it, Tony? You yeah, remember? what was the Baselli burger? It was uh, three patties. Uh, two, uh, three patties, two pieces of cheese, like pepper jack and American. Um, lettuce, no, was it lettuce, pickles, onions, lettuce, and a mayo sauce, maybe? So, so it was a big, it was like a big, it was a big Mac with pepper jack. <laughs> right. No, you made all the ingredients no, it, it, it the was, song. It was on a, uh, it was on a different bun. It wasn't on the sesame seed bun. So, okay. I don't know. So it's a fancy Big Mac. Unbelievable. <laughs> it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, let's move along. A couple more questions to go on social media. We are rolling in this one. This is Bandy Betts. Uh, what will this team have to do to beat the Cowboys next week? And after this performance, will Pete give the Jaguars a chance in this game, or will he say they aren't winning like last week? No, they have a chance. They have a chance. But they got, I'm with Tony. They better, it has to be a shootout. And to have a shootout, that means those five guys up front have to be able to block that group. I mean, that group can get after the quarterback. I mean, you know, Parsons can get after the quarterback and Lawrence. They can they can rush the passer. So we talk about this offensive line. This is the week you better protect that quarterback. Yeah, this is a huge uh, huge test for the offensive line, Pete. Which means it's a great opportunity, a great opportunity to go. You know, show. You know where you stand amongst the other offensive lines in this league. Uh, I agree with Pete. I think it has to be you're, you're going to have to win a shootout. I think for the Jaguars to win, it needs to be 34-31 type of game, um, and I and I think they can win it. Um, I'm not locking the game, but I think it's going to. I think it'll come down to the fourth quarter. I think it's going to come down to a turnover, and I think it's going to be the Jaguars' defense having to force a turnover. If they can get that one extra possession late, they're going to win the game. Hey, JP, isn't this game the Fox? Isn't the number one Fox team going to be the, there for this the game? The A crew will be here. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Greg Olson, that's, Aaron Andrews, Burkhart. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. That's big for Jay. This is a, a, a moment for these young kids to go show people. Your, if, if Trevor Lawrence throws for 350 against Dallas and they win the game, then all of a sudden the national, the national perspective has changed. And then you'll lock it, won't you, Tony? Oh, yeah. Well, you're right. What if I lock it right now, Pete? What if I lock it right this second? I got it. I I want to see it. I want you to do it. Do it. I mean, the only thing you can be is wrong. <laughs> it's a 50-50 shot. I mean, come on. Lock the damn thing. Or just you think you about think it. You think the Titans are going to win one more game, so what's holding you back from locking it? I'll tell you what. Let's let's come back. Let's think about it. Let it marinate on it. We'll come back in just a moment. We got to do the and we got to do the power rankings, AFC South. Okay. Well, I can't Be- wait to hear these. Before the lock or after the lock, we'll find out when we come back. Thanks for all your social media questions today. The the tension is palpable on this show. We're about to find out if Tony Baselli is going to lock the Jaguars going to the playoffs right after this. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour along with Peter and Donnie. I'm Jared. It's Monday. The Jaguars have won in Tennessee. Well, it's only 
Peter and Jared. Donnie has walked away, apparently. And uh, as we wrap up the program, as we look around the NFL, we start off with the AFC South and the Jaguars moving up. Yes, they are in second place. Yes, they're trying to walk down the Tennessee Titans at 7-6 and six now in Tennessee. 3-1 and one in the division. Their lone loss to the Jaguars in the division yesterday. The Jags now 5-8, and 2-2 two and two in the AFC South. The Colts are 4-8-1. and one. The Texans lost. They should have won. They're 1-11-1 at the bottom of the division. But here they come. Here come the Jaguars rising up the standings, trying to walk down the hated Tennessee Titans. And are we going to figure out, is is Tony back? You, okay, Tony's back. I thought he ran away from his possible lock. That's where I thought you went just a moment ago. So, the, uh, the I, don't, I don't run away from anything, JP. Nothing. So, Tony, the, the moment could be now. Pete, I don't know if you agree or not. This seems like a pretty good time to, to get uh, the lock or not lock from Tony. What do you think, Pete? Well, he put his army fatigues on, so he must be ready for something. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> You're going to paint your face, too, like Rambo? <laughs> Uh, all right, so do it. Are you going to do it? Let's do the power rankings for people. No. Your power rankings for AFC South first. Uh, I can't put Jacksonville first, even though what happened yesterday. I put Tennessee first, Jacksonville second, Colts third, Texans fourth. So if the, if the Titans and uh, the Jaguars played tomorrow, neutral site, who are you picking, Pete? Are they healthy? I'm just saying tomorrow. What neutral site are they going to play? Yeah, they're going to play in Valdosta, Georgia, okay. Birmingham. We'll, play, we'll go back. We'll go back to Nashville. We own that place now. Own it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, since they own it, and you're going to put them number one in the power rankings, aren't you? Power rankings: Jags are one, Titans are two, Colts are three, Texans are four. So go ahead. And here we go. <laughs> Here we go. The Jags are lost in the playoffs. Oh my god. She's done it. <laughs> oh my god, she's done it. <laughs> the mush is smoking. Wow. I never would have thought we were gonna hear that on this show tonight. Tony Baselli has locked Actually, the Jaguars I, I'm, to I'm the playoffs. Because I don't want to be the mush. That's a good point. Too unlock late. it. Not lock no, no, I unlock no, it. I have the too key. Late now. I have the key right here. Yeah. I thought I was pressured into doing that. So. No, you weren't. No, I mean, you, you You know what it is? You're not sure about Sunday's game. And once if they win that game, then you'll definitely. Oh, win. it's done. If we win Sunday, let me say this. If we win Sunday, which I'm not, it's 50-50 coin toss. If we win Sunday, the playoffs are a lock. It's over. So, so what you're saying is Sunday is a playoff game for Jacksonville. Yes. Wow. But you've already locked them yeah, in. You already so locked must, it. So no, I, I unlocked it. I unlocked it. You can you can unlock within thirty seconds of locking, and that's what I did. You're just making it up as you go along. What are you talking about? JP, can he unlock it? Let's, no. let's have a vote. Yes. It's out there. It. No. You, oh, you, oh, you control we all the words that come out of your mouth. We actually had the graphic and the sound Right. Graphic we got it all on time uh, and everything. Let's play it one more time. Let's give me the give me the graphic let's and give me the, the sound again. Just There it is. <laughs> Look at that. No, you it's can't locked. unlock that. You can't unlock it. It's not. You can't unlock it. Lock. I'm unlocking what is your and concern? JP, if you really think you're going to the playoffs, sh- what is your concern, Tony? 
I actually think they're really going to go. I actually do think okay, they're going to so go. Okay, so what are you concerned about that? You're going to be the guy that brings them down. <laughs> what you say or do has no bearing on them. I know, but it just sounds. I really do think, all joking aside, I think they're the best team in the division. If I look at the next four games that the Titans have and that they have, and if I was handicapping it, I'd say the Jaguars have a better chance of ending up as the division champ, either eight, because I think eight and nine might win the division. Because I don't see the Titans winning, like, of the next three, set aside the Jags-Titans last game of the season. Set that aside. In the next three games, Texans. I think the Jaguars go, I think Jaguars go two and one. Well, then Titans will go one and two. I think the Titans go one and two. And I think ultimately that game is for all the marbles, and I think the Jaguars are the better team and will beat them. All right, everybody out there, headline, Jaguars loan and first Hall of Famer guarantees Jacksonville makes the postseason. It's not a guarantee. A lock is not a guarantee. <laughs> I can see that feeling. sprawled across CBSSports.com coming <laughs> yes, up in about 20 minutes. It's a lock. You guaranteed it. It's a lock. I did not guarantee it. I just I, I was got a little excited, a little ahead of myself. My point is the real analysis, if I look at the next three games, I don't know how the Titans beat the Chargers and the Cowboys based on their injury situation. Now, if they were healthy and they had all their weapons and then their offensive line was healthy, then yes, I think the Titans would be, the, with a two-game lead with four to go, it would be hard to bet against them. But in their current sta- with their current injury status, Pete, I don't know how they beat the Chargers and the Cowboys. What do they miss on the offensive line beside Luan? I mean, there's not a lot missing there. Did they have? Uh, I guess I thought they had. A, I thought they had a different. Nah, that's the starting oh, yeah. inside guys. Those are their guys. It's bad. It's not a good group. Um, but yeah, you locked it. It's done. It's finished. It's right. over with. So and, and period. And you can't take it back. It's in there now. So let's see <laughs> what teams the Jaguars will beat when they get to the playoffs in the AFC playoff picture. Of course, the uh, Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, and currently the Titans are one through four, the division leaders. Bengals, Dolphins, Chargers at the moment are the wild card teams. There's a bunch of teams in the hunt. The Jaguars would overtake the Titans for that fourth spot. Uh, in the um, division leader category there, so um, so you know, we how, play the Bengals right now. Yeah, so yeah, how, but you'd rather that's why you'd rather play the the Ravens than the Bengals. But the Bengals' schedule is a lot tougher, a lot tougher. They're a lot better too. The Bengals have Tampa Bay, what Miami, and Buffalo. I think they go. What is it? Tampa Bay this week, then. Buffalo, and then Miami, I think. Isn't that their schedule? Cincinnati, Tampa, New England, Buffalo, Baltimore. Yeah, there it is. It's tough. Tough schedule. Baltimore's got an easy schedule, so they'll probably win the division, even though they don't have a quarterback right now. Right, exactly. So, that's the uh, that's the route to um, the Lombardi once they get in the playoffs. Let's go to the NFC. So, I wanna, hold on. I want to ask Pete a question, because he's been having good old time with your lock. me. I didn't lock it. I was a fake lock. Um, it was a lock. Pete, what do you think? What do you really think is going to happen with the AFC South? I think it's going to. You said. You said. You said last week the Jaguars look, had no chance. I think. I think the Titans will lose this week. I think the Titans will lose to Dallas. I do think they'll beat Houston. So, but the question becomes: What happens to Jacksonville? What if they lose to Dallas this week? Will they beat the Jets next week? That is not an easy game. Nope. And then the Texans, history says that's not an easy game. 
So there's not an easy. I, I what if Jacksonville goes one and two in the next three? Then then they're done. That's my concern. If they win Sunday, I'm with you. If they win Sunday, I think they're going to probably go to the playoffs. But you will now say they have a chance. Last week you said there was no chance. No, no chance. They have a chance. The they, I mean, the more I watch Tennessee, the bad they're bad. That's a bad team. Yeah, that's what I think. That's right. How the heck did they – some of the games they won, how the heck did they win those games? I don't know. I mean, they're bad. They're bad. I mean, the Bengals went in there and just beat them up physically a couple weeks ago. And what what is is three straight with them now, right? Three in a row. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so the lock is in. It is confirmed. You can't unlock the lock. Tony has them the going lock. to the it's playoffs in. and maybe playing the Bengals. Let's go to Monday Night Football. Mac Jones and the 6-6 six and six New England Patriots look to bolster their case for an AFC wildcard berth. They're in Glendale to face the 4-8 and eight Arizona Cardinals. Who you got tonight? I got the Patriots. I think this is a good spot for them to get right. The only problem I had, concern I have is Belichick has traditionally had problem with quarterbacks who can move. And run around. You go back to Justin Fields this year. It's always been that way. But I'm still taking the Patriots in this spot. Tony. Who do they play? I, I wasn't even paying attention. Arizona. <laughs> at Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> oh, Arizona's terrible. I'm going Patriots. All right. Is, uh, Cliff, is Cliff uh, Kingsbury going to get fired this year? I don't know. I think the GM's going to get fired. And I think there's a real chance Cliff Kingsbury get fired. People say, oh, you can't eat that money. They just gave him new contracts. When people stop going to the games, you can. That that takes a lot of money out of your pocket. But is it is Kyler Murray the problem, Pete? Part of it. I mean, like we said when they signed him, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. Heck of a show, guys. This was eventful tonight. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> See ya. Pete Prisco, Peter, um, Donnie, and Jared. What a show we had, Joe. Joseph is on the audio. Brent, I don't know if that's short for something else. Brentson. He's on the video tonight, and uh, thank you for listening and watching. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.